Well, good morning. Let me add my welcome to Johnny's. Uh, my name's James. I'm a member of the congregation here. Um, do, do keep that passage open. That would be a great help to me and to you. Um, but let me lead us in a prayer as we look at these words together. Loving Father, thank you for your word. Uh, would it be a light to our path and a lamp to our feet this morning? Amen. Well, the Christmas market is buzzing. Have you been down there? It is absolutely buzzing. Michael Buble playing on repeat. Uh, parents everywhere shopping with just that little bit more urgency. One week today, folks. One week. Seven sleeps. Does that thrill you? Uh, or does it just fill you with that just little bit of panic? <laughs> so much to do, isn't there? There is still, for us at least, so much to do. Uh, we are in Advent, after all. That great time of preparation and anticipation in the church calendar. So we should be preparing. Uh, my only, not my only, one of my gripes about Christmas, I suppose, just between us, uh, is that uh, my wife, wh whom I love dearly, uh, is not that good at choosing Christmas presents. It's one of the things that we joke about, so it's all right to talk about. I've just noticed she's come in the back of the room, which I thought you were in crash, my love. I'm so sorry. Um, one of the things, I'll press on because I've written it down, so we'll just keep going, shall we? One of the things that I have found helpful over the last uh, few years, perhaps, and Holly knows this, uh, is to use Advent, that time of great preparation, to prepare my face and to prepare some wise responses for when I inevitably receive a present that I need to pretend that I like. Well, the key I found is to be, uh, be non-committal. Uh, so uh, you may need this next week, so, so concentrate. Here are a few select phrases. This is how it's done. Well, well, well. <laughs> now there's a gift. <laughs> That's a good one. Or, um, wow. I didn't know there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle tie. <laughs> and it's clip-on as well. Gosh. Or uh, how about, ah, I always wanted one of these. Uh, I'm going to find a very special place to put this. <laughs> when you get on a roll, it's actually quite easy. Yeah. What about, uh, you say that was the last one? Oh, boy, am I glad that you snapped that baby up. <laughs> it's easy, really. We need to prepare uh, this Advent. Uh, because we, like Mary in our verses this morning, we're given a rather unusual gift at Christmas in the shape of the baby in a manger. And we need to consider what our response is going to be. And this morning I want to suggest that Mary's response to the news of this baby is one that we too uh, should imitate. Our reading shows us that she delights in God's favour. She delights in God's favor and trusts in his promise. This unusual gift is one that we can be very, very excited about. It's a gift that doesn't dim or diminish or, or disappoint like every other commercial gift that we've ever received. After all, take Christ out of Christmas and you're left with M&S. There's no more of those, I promise. 
It's a gift that has sustained the world for 2,000 years. It's a gift that continues to deliver on God's marvelous promises to mankind. It's a gift that's brought joy and salvation in Mary's day, but continues to bring joy and salvation today. And so the first thing that I want us to see is this is good news of God's magnificent favor and Mary's responses to delight in that favor. Mary delights in God's favor. It's good news. Let's read from uh, verse 26. Uh, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel said to her, "Uh, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. This story, uh, in in fact the, the entire Bible story, is one of God's favor, his goodness, uh, his kindness. Sometimes that's written as grace in the Bible. This is good news of great joy we read in the next chapter of Luke if we read on. Mary experiences God's favor. She has been chosen. She has been chosen and it's nothing that she has done. You see, this doesn't tell us so much about Mary It's not as if uh, she has done something particular to earn this favor or to deserve it. No, the greeting tells us more about God. He is full of favor towards Mary and he chooses her to bear the Christ child. That word blessed crops up four times in these verses. Loved, favored, blessed. This favor extends to all mankind as well. Did you see that in verse 50? His mercy extends to all those who fear him from generation to generation. This baby in the manger is to be called Jesus. Jesus. And and Jesus in the original Hebrew means the Lord is salvation. The Lord is salvation. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is no ordinary baby. He's the son of the most high come to save his people and to rule over them forever. He is Jesus, salvation. The Lord saves. Um, This is God's immense favor to the human race. Uh, He is hope to a hopeless world. That phrase, the son of the most high, the son being part of the Trinity. So father, son, spirit. Luke wants us to be in no doubt that this is God. God who was there at the beginning and spoke life into being Uh, will enter the world. So the king of angels with all his power and might and authority uh, lays aside his crown and left the throne room of heaven, taking on flesh 
that first Christmas as a weak and vulnerable newborn baby. As the old carol puts it, lo there in the manger lies he who built the starry skies. It's creator uh, to crib. Deity takes on humanity. Uh, It's as if the artist paints himself into the picture. Uh, The author writes himself into the novel. We saw, didn't we, that the prophet Isaiah predicted Christmas like this 700 years before. There's another bit that that Isaiah writes when he, he says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. Well, what hope could there be in a a virgin's womb? That's a hope against hope, surely. And yet right there in the deepest darkness of our desperate and sinful world, God's light shines. His favour is on humankind. The world feels dark at times, doesn't it? Even the festive family fun of Christmas is often overshadowed by family arguments, uh, even by mid-afternoon on Christmas Day, in my experience. There's the empty place at the table where a loved one once sat. And I know some here will feel the pain of loss this Christmas very keenly indeed. The world is not as it's supposed to be. About one in six people are facing Christmas alone this year uh, and without the familiar comfort of the Queen's speech. Winchester Food Bank, like hundreds of others around the country, is expecting to be overrun. Millions are anxious about the cost of living. But here is that light in the darkness. This is God's gift, uh, his magnificent favour in Jesus to Mary, but also to us. You see, he's hope for the brokenhearted, for the lonely, the bereaved and the anxious. He's for the Ukrainian refugee. He's for the mother worried about the cost of living. He's for the guilt-ridden, the lost, He's for those who know that they're living in darkness and sin. You see, God reaches down into the mess of our lives to reveal himself, uh, to bring us to him. Did you see that? He, He takes the initiative. He took the initiative with Mary and he takes the initiative with you and with me. That is how much he loves you. If God had a fridge, he would have a photo of you stuck on it. Uh, Recently, uh, Banksy, the uh, anonymous artist from Bristol, uh, painted a scene on a bomb-blasted wall in Bethlehem. It depicts Jesus as a child in a manger in front of Israel's West Bank barrier, and it's called the Scar of Bethlehem. It can be found inside a hotel with what's been described as the worst views in the world. But that is exactly where we find the Son of the Most High, stooped low at Christmas, in the darkness and the mess of our world. God's favour reaches down in 
hope. This present is God's favor for ordinary people like Mary. Uh, It's for ordinary people uh, like you and like me. In a survey, uh, nearly a third of those questioned said that of all the people mentioned in the Christmas story, they identified most with the shepherds. And because the shepherds were average, ordinary people, and these ordinary people were invited to see the birth of the King of Kings, we're invited into this story. We need to find our place in it. 2022 has been a difficult year for uh, all of us in different ways. Things change on an almost daily basis, and it's difficult to know where to find joy and hope. But the message at the heart of Christmas remains unchanged. The glad tidings of great joy announced by the angel as God extends his favor in the gift of Jesus Christ. His heart beating in the child of a man, uh, in the manger, entering into our humanity to offer us uh, the joy and hope uh, that will change us. Whatever our circumstances, that's our first thing. Let, let's delight in that favor, just as Mary does. Let's delight in God's favor. But we're also to imitate her in trusting in God's promises. That's the, the second and a more brief thing. We're to trust in his promises. I guess you may be feeling a whole host of things listening to this. I mean, certainly Mary goes through a roller coaster of emotions when confronted with this news. Have a look down with me. Um, verse 29, uh, she was greatly troubled uh, and afraid. Um, and then that fear turns to confusion. How will this be? She asks. By verse 38, she knows that the right, uh, the only response is simply to trust. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then she runs to tell her cousin Elizabeth the good news. So fear and confusion turns to trust and to joy. Look at the effect of that belief in Mary. Uh, She's so full of joy that she can't contain herself and she breaks out into song. I won't sing it for you. (laughs) When was the last time that you were so elated, that you were so overflowing with joy that you burst into song, that you just cut loose and danced around the kitchen? This is a very special moment in the Bible, in the Christmas story. Such joy. Because she knows that she has been chosen, blessed, and that that blessing will extend to all humankind. Verse 45, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And blessed are each one of us if we too put our trust in that promise. Do you see that? She she sees now that God will do what he promised 2,000 years before. There are upwards of about 300 prophecies or promises made in the Old Testament which are fulfilled by the gift of the baby in the manger. We looked at one briefly earlier, didn't we, in Isaiah 11. Don't worry about turning to it, but let me just read 
uh, a few of, of the verses that we read earlier. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. Who is this? Who is this promised king that will have authority over all things? Well, Luke tells us it's Jesus. How do we know that? If we read on in the accounts, we know that the child grows up and he has authority over disease. He heals countless people over evil spirits, over a terrifying storm. Uh, He's got authority over sin and is able to forgive them. And ultimately, we see uh, his authority over the final enemy, uh, over death itself. This is the heart of Christmas. This is the, the good news that Christians celebrate all around the world. There's an ancient nativity play which has the child Jesus uh, standing in the middle of a stage and an angel approaches him from either side. And one angel offers him a a gorgeous bouquet of roses uh, and the other a crown of thorns. Uh, And just for a moment, the, the child hesitates. He feels the petals of the roses, uh, breathes in their fragrance, and then with an almost imperceptible sigh, uh, he takes the crown of thorns. You see, even at Christmas, the shadow of the cross falls over the manger. The Magi's gifts of of gold and of frankincense uh, also include myrrh, which will later perfume his lifeless body. If if Christmas is the promise, well then Easter is the proof. You see, we we, we see as we read on in Luke's account that he stretches out his arms on the cross uh, to absorb the darkness for each one of us and, and he rises again in glory. Promise fulfilled. A promise that we can And we must put our trust in. Verse 37, we're told that no word from God will ever fail. This promised king didn't fail. He treads the path of death for each one of us. Takes that crown of thorns uh, on our behalf. And because of him, uh, we can read with confidence those words in Isaiah that uh, the wolf will lie with the lamb. The child will put its hand into the viper's nest and not be harmed. This is a picture of peace on earth. Peace on earth. So how are we going to respond to this particular gift at Christmas? We're to delight in his favor and to trust in his promises. You see, this is a gift like no other. Apparently a uh, a typical British home has an average of 300 pounds in unused or unredeemed gift cards. Uh, These cards are often misplaced or or accidentally thrown out or or perhaps partially redeemed. But between 2011 and uh, 2022, there were 41 billion pounds in gift cards that went unused. Don't let this be 
uh, a gift, a present that you mentally file away in a drawer, only to be brought out again about this time next year. Now let this be the year that we delight in that baby in the manger. Let this be the year that our lives are changed because we put our trust in the promise, uh, which offers life and, and which offers hope. You see, in a few short weeks when the wrapping paper will have been put in the bin, uh, the decorations safely stored away in their boxes, and the last of the New Year's resolutions firmly broken, the reality of God's gift in the Lord Jesus remains. So let's delight in his favour to us and put our trust in him. As we close, let me lead us in a prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for the good news which brings great joy. As you reveal yourself in your Son, we thank you for the hope and the meaning that he offers each one of us, that he's light in the darkness. Help us to grasp that, uh, either for the first time or, or afresh this Christmas, and delight in your abundant favor. And help us to trust in your promises as we see them fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Would these be truths that change us and shape us for our whole lives? And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.